Dedication, Introductory Note, and Editor's Preface to Five Years of My Life, 1894-1899, by Alfred Dreyfus, translated from the French. This is the LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sue Anderson. Five Years of My Life, 1894-1899, by Alfred Dreyfus, translated from the French. Dedication to My Children Introductory Note by Alfred Dreyfus In the following pages I tell the story of my life during those five years in which I was cut off from the world of the living. The events which took place in France in connection with the trial of 1894 and during the following years remained entirely unknown to me until the trial at Rennes, signed with the initials A.D. Editor's Preface For the full understanding of the frequent references made by Captain Dreyfus to circumstances of his trial and the events consequent upon it, it is necessary that the reader should have in mind the principal features of the far-reaching and involved affair Dreyfus. For this reason, it has seemed best to give the following brief synopsis of the case in its salient features. In September 1894, the fragments of a document said to have been found in the overcoat pocket of Colonel Schwarzkoppen, German military attaché in Paris, were brought to the Intelligence Department of the French War Office. On being fitted together, they constituted a report, obviously written by a spy who had access to French army secrets. War and tactical plans of the French army made up its substance. This was the famous Bordereau, which was the basis of the entire Dreyfus case. Captain Dreyfus was arrested and tried on a charge of treason, based on testimony that it was he who wrote the Bordereau. On the evidence of Major du Paty de Clem, who swore that Dreyfus turned pale when ordered to write excerpts from the document, of two handwriting experts, one of whom, Monsieur Bertillon, head of the Criminal Identification Bureau in Paris, said that the handwriting of the Bordereau could be by no one but the prisoner, and, on the strength of certain documents, the secret dossier, secretly and illegally presented as evidence unknown to the prisoner or his counsel, and vouched for by the unsupported oath of Commandant Henri, Dreyfus was convicted and sentenced to solitary confinement for life. Early in January 1895, Captain Dreyfus was stripped of his insignia of rank, and his punishment began. In May 1896, there came to the Intelligence Department of the War Office, over which Lieutenant Colonel Picard then presided, a special delivery card, Petit Bleu, torn as the Bordereau had been into fragments, and, like the previous document, filched from the German embassy. This was written by Colonel Schwarzkoppen and bore the name and address of Major Esterhazy, a soldier of fortune who had entered the French military service. Picard secured specimens of Esterhazy's handwriting, which he compared with that of the Bordereau. The chirography seemed the same. 
Petition was made about this time for a revision of Dreyfus's court-martial. Picard, convinced that Esterhazy was guilty of the crime for which Dreyfus was undergoing servitude, espoused the Dreyfus cause, and thus brought upon himself the persecution which culminated in his imprisonment and final dismissal from the army. Then followed the Esterhazy court-martial, the first clash of legal arms in the battle of Dreyfusards against anti-Dreyfusards, which convulsed all France. Mysterious documents and accusations of forgery on both sides played a conspicuous part in the proceedings. Esterhazy was acquitted in January 1898 by a complacent court-martial. For two days the army and its partisans rejoiced. Then Zola's famous Jacuz letter turned their jubilation into fury. The author was arrested on a charge of libel and eventually convicted but in the course of his two trials, the secret dossier which played so important a part in the conviction of Captain Dreyfus was produced and read. Picard promptly declared the one document of the dossier, which was at all relevant to the case a forgery, and later offered to prove what he had said. Le Mercier Picard, who had been implicated in the forgery of that document, was found strangled in the cell where he had been incarcerated. Shortly after Zola's conviction, Commandant Henri was arrested on his confession of having forged that secret document. On the day following his arrest, he was found in his cell with his throat cut. Suicide was the verdict. Esterhazy was now openly charged in the newspapers with having been the author of the Baudereau, a charge which he never refuted, but he escaped punishment by fleeing to England, where he has since remained, notwithstanding efforts by the French courts to secure his testimony. Though Picard was in prison, and other officers who had dared to express the belief that Captain Dreyfus had been illegally and unjustly convicted were cashiered for this offense, the movement for revision was steadfastly pressed. But not until 1899, after many changes of cabinets, all anti-Dreyfusards and made up of those who were violent partisans of the army, either by inclination or from fear of consequences, was the order for revision given by the Waldeck Rousseau Ministry. The last evidence of importance adduced in the hearing of the revision was from a member of the court-martial of 1894, who testified that the secret dossier on which Captain Dreyfus was convicted was shown to the jury in the jury room while the court was in adjournment. The return of Captain Dreyfus, the final court-martial, and the conviction with extenuating circumstances, followed by the pardon in the fall of 1899, were the final acts of the drama. End of Preliminaries